Learn why entrepreneurs, hairstylists, pastors, military commandos, executives, professional athletes, and coaches trust over a decade of experience to find a clearer vision and purpose for life, career, and organization. Go to emmasgood.com forward slash R7 and apply today. Finally, get the clarity to level up your career, relationships, and confidence with R7. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Apply Rigor Podcast. We are excited to have you with us today. Jones. Yes, Dave sir. Jones. Yes, sir. I'm right Welcome here. Welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to be here. I'm abundantly blessed and walk in the favor of God. Everything I touch prospers. Dude, you're like King Midas. We touch it. Bam. Wow. Prosper. I'm better now. You feel that? Yep. Fantastic. Hey, today we are going to talk about the subject of mental preparation. This idea This is going to be one of the stupidest shows we've ever done. (laughs) Who does mental prep in the workplace? This is crazy talk, Dave. Nobody does. Nobody Nobody does does this. Why are we even doing a show on this? Because we think it would be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually really excited about this show. Well, Well, you should be, because here's the reality. And I guess the question is even for you. When when you wake up in the morning and you get in the car and you drive, whether your commute's 15 minutes or an hour, like most people in major metropolitan areas at least, what do you do on your way to work? Most people listen to a really bad morning show or they listen to ESPN radio or NPR or whatever. And that's all cool and good, but that's not mental preparation. And so today what we want to do is unpack what is this idea of mental preparation? Why is it important? And what does it look like? This is so rare air. If you are an executive, have a career in a workplace, and you've never done... I'm just telling you right now, you've never done mental preparation. No. I I can tell you, you, you've never done mental preparation. This is crazy talk. Let me tell you why, okay? So, like, in the last several months, really several years, I've been all over the country... Talking to uh, to athletes, current athletes in in youth, in high school, in collegiate, and even pro, and nobody does it there either. I no. mean, or they think they have a plan, and we, you know, I've been giving a plan or really giving them a template for a plan, and this is a struggle for athletes that are in that are in a performance model that have to perform for mental prep and mental prep, like most coaches throughout the country say, listen, Dave, you, you got to be more mentally prepared. But they, they don't know what a mental preparation plan is. Like, they don't have one. But they tell their athletes, you got to be mentally prepared. And I know for a fact in the workplace, nobody talks about mental preparation. So if you want to mentally prepare, and Dave's right, you're in the car a lot. You have the opportunity to mental, mentally prepare. Um, we're going to go through it today. Yeah. But I'm just saying that for people listening and watching out there, you don't do this, and this is crazy. Right. But, and, but, he, but, but, but here's the reality, right? We uh, talked about it a few months ago when we broke down what happened on the U.S. Open stage with Serena yeah. is that part of the disconnect that happened that day was a lack of mental preparation. So whether you have a complete meltdown in your office yeah. or in your car, the goal today is to give you some handles yeah. so that you can begin to be more mentally prepared when you turn the car off and you walk in through the door and you swipe that security card wherever you go and it's game on. So help All us right, out. All right, so let's first understand why would you want to mentally prepare for work? We spend somewhere around 56,000 hours in our lifetime going to work. It's something we do every day. You know, it's how we 
It's, it's <laughs> you just depressed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> they went no. We know that you know what is it? Eighty-five uh, percent of the U.S. economy is disengaged at work. Yeah. Yep. Sixty-five percent of the U.S. economy is disengaged in work. It's really high. It's like one in three people are disengaged in the workplace. Less than one percent of the U.S. economy trusts management. Yeah. So now we're saying, hey, you don't like where you work, but now you got to be mentally prepared. So hold on. So instead of people pointing their finger at their management or their leadership and saying it's their fault, what we're going to do now is we're going to flip the script. We're going to say, no, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. This is your career. Yep. Whether you like it or not, your career is what you're doing to create income. Yep. Right? And so how do you become great at what you do? Right. So this, this, I think, is taking you from average to above average um, or taking you from you know, at least increasing your performance by 10 to 15% just by doing these simple, um, simple tools here that we're going to go over. All right. Well, walk us through. What's the All first right, thing so we do? First thing is in your mental preparation is you have to decide that you want to be mentally prepared. Okay. That sounds kind of stupid. Let's be honest. Like, why is this important? Why do I need to do this? Why do you think we need to do this? <laughs> well, what's important about it? Come on. I mean, we, we just talked about what this is in All sports, right. but what, what sets me apart? Because I want to know if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to yeah. take time to do something, then I got to know why it's important. So you're saying, number one, you just need to decide. That seems way too easy. Okay, so this is the Apply Rigor podcast. This is extremely rigorous. Uh, this is very detailed, understanding what you do. The first thing you got to do, okay, very first thing is yeah. decide. Once okay. we decide, okay, I want to be mentally prepared and work, and it's something I do every day, and I have 15 to 20 minutes in the car, maybe even longer, that I have to decide on what I, what I want to do, okay. right, that I want to do this. Instead of turning on the radio and listening to Fox or CNN, I'm going to turn on myself and go, okay, what do I got going for the day? So... Here it is, Monday morning. You've had your Zantac moment. <laughs> you got <laughs> that over with. You're going to go, all right, I'm going to be prepared. The first thing after we decide, actually, second thing, is we're going to create some affirmation cards. Okay. All right? So affirmation cards. There's two categories to an affirmation card. One is you. we want to know where you're going. Where are you going now? And who do you want to become in the future? Okay. Two categories. When you think about yourself or you talk to yourself internally, you think negative, right? When you speak it out loud, you talk positive. Okay. All right. So when we have affirmation cards, and I actually have mine here. All right. Yeah. So when you talk affirmation cards, again, the two categories are where are you going right now and who do you want to become? So this is about the future. So I say stuff like, and you've heard me say it on the show, yep. I'm abundantly blessed and walk in the favor of God, right? That is a preparation of expectation of what's going to happen. I'm expecting great things. So that's really about now. My family are unified warriors for Christ, right? I, I operate the number one Christian ad agency on the planet. I unify excellence in the marketplace. I use this affirmation card all the time. I talk to myself out loud. Now, when you're in your car and you're talking to yourself, like you can read it to yourself, but if you speak it out loud, that's that's being rigorous. That's awesome. Now, I'm not recommending you do this uh, this next step in the car, but it's great to read these out loud in front of a mirror. So when you see yourself doing it, it's different. Because I'm good enough. 
I'm smart, smart enough. enough. And, and gosh, doggone it, people, people like me. me. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Okay. And I say that because, again, there are people that are listening to this going, man, come on. This isn't real. This is like voodoo, man. This doesn't work. What do you say to people? I say that you're deciding to have a negative attitude right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying. You know, because it sounds like there's no way that that actually works. It definitely works. Your attitude and your perspective on life and your expectation of what's going to happen next will change. Do you think it's kind of like a chiropractor? Now, whether you believe in chiropractic or not, we're not talking about that today. Yeah. But this idea that when your spine is in alignment, your whole body works better. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the core idea of chiropractic. Is it the same idea here that if your mind is aligned, then you work better? Yeah. So we, in the in the world of doing something, it's actually under cognitive behavior therapy. We think it, we do it, we speak it. Okay. So we think it. We speak it, we, I'm sorry, we think it, we speak it, we do it. So if I think it, I speak it, it becomes, right? So if this is stupid, I don't like going to work, oh gosh, here we go. Well, you're going to get that kind of attitude when you walk in. But if you go, oh, man, I'm excited, I'm, you know, I'm speaking out loud, that I'm abundantly blessed, walking in the favor of God, the good things are going to happen today, I'm ready to tack on the day, you walk in the door and wow, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to be here, you're prepared for the day. I think there's a reality here that if you go back and you listen to a lot of our guests that we've talked to so far, a lot of them are going to tell you that, and if you listen close, you actually hear it, that when I got in my valley, this is our guest talking, when I got in my valley, I had to, and then fill in the blank. Yeah. That fill in the blank is this. Yeah. It didn't happen without this. They're just using different words that mm -hmm. they have to affirm what they're doing mm -hmm. they have to talk out loud in the car or to someone else who's willing to listen their spouse or whoever they have to remain focused so that they keep you know driving forward no matter what i think yeah. it's very real it is very real and uh you know part of the next step of that is maybe your day didn't go so good so now you're in the valley yeah right and so now you got to speak yourself out of it and so your affirmation cards can can help you with that now your affirmation card isn't something you write down once you know, it can change. Yeah. And so, you know, um, with all the different uh, teams that I that I work with, you know, they have affirmation cards, and I ask them to get them out of their pocket. And usually, you know, on a three-by-five card, you know, they're real nasty. In fact, if they're real pretty, I know they're not using them. That's funny. So they got to be wrinkled up because you put it in your pocket, get out of your pocket. Like, it's yeah. that moment you have, you know, that internal thought that's, that's putting you in a negative place. You got to pull this pull this bad boy out and you got to speak over it you speak it out loud okay so we make the decision then we put together our affirmation cards what else do we do before we get to the front door of our office all right so mental prep right so we're preparing so part of that preparation is debriefing from what happened the previous day okay so just like in a in a hockey game or a football game whatever like there's a post-game debrief of how did I do? So is that more for the way home after work, or, is, or am I doing that before I get to work in the morning? It could be either or. Okay. And I will tell you that having a mental preparation plan is different for everybody. So you have to kind of work off a template and kind of fill it in and what, work, what works for you. Okay. If you get that immediate feedback, if you're walking out or driving home, or driving home, or is it in the morning, it's kind of what you need to, it's kind of your own preference. So how does this reflection moment work? What do you do? Well, you got to be aware. It's like we talked in, in previous podcasts. Is that you got to be aware of your emotions. How did that go? 
why did I, why was I so defensive when so-and-so came to me? Why did I respond to that email? Go back, look at the email. You know, like in the sporting environment, like I actually have them watch video of themselves, right? Like you thought that you made a good decision there. Did you make a good good decision? Yeah, I think I did. Okay, great. You know, you saw yourself shoot the puck, run the ball, whatever it may be. So you have to reflect back on the day and say, okay, did I handle this appropriately? Did I not handle this appropriately? Would I handle it differently? It would be the weirdest thing if in part of our reflection, we had video playback of our day in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. It said, let me think about why I said that at that moment or why I responded that way. Now, the reality is we don't have that. So is there a kind of key question that kicks off that reflection moment that we ask that helps our brain go back to pick out those moments? Is it more of a high-low, like what were my highs today, what were my lows today, and then you dig deep? I mean, what do you typically see as kind of the key that unlocks that reflection moment? So like in our task-driven world, we have lots of emails, lots of phone calls that were taken out throughout the day, and it's really a checklist, right? Like, okay, I got this email, whew, that's over. Yeah. So maybe some of those emails that you sent out weren't the best email. So, or maybe that conversation that you had with an employee didn't go so well, right? And you you have that in your spirit and you go, you know what, I probably could have handled that better. Or I wonder how they perceived me in that moment. So why not go back and think about that? And, you know, moving forward here a little bit, you go in the next day and you actually have that conversation. Hey, Dave, you know what I said to you the other day? I don't know why I said that. Did I handle that okay? Oh, man, what a cool conversation that would be, right? That's a, that's a pretty big game changer right there. So, you know, having that in the car or coming in, having that reflection point of how you handled it and actually asking them, did I handle that okay? And it may have been okay, but now you're reflecting, now you're game planning. So you're kind of thinking, if I hear you right, you're kind of thinking about what did I do today who did I interact with? And then why did I do what I did? It's kind of like a few different of the regular open-ended questions that you're asking yourself. Yes. And if you were to do that with every conversation, it's really difficult. This is tough stuff, right? I, w- I would want to go you, away for a long time into a padded room if I yeah. had to analyze every single encounter. Yeah, you can't do that. But you got to start somewhere. It's yeah. the same thing, you know, like um, there's lots of things that we can talk about here. Like we have... Um, we have your affirmation cards, you have the decision to prepare, you have the, the interaction with an employee, whether it's email or personal. Um, we've got uh, things that we can do on the proactive side, like we can mentally, you know, I talk about MEPS a lot, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, like your MEPS. Um, we can look ahead and go, okay, I'm going to be in this meeting. It's going to be a big meeting or small meeting. Can I visualize myself being in that meeting? Can I see myself? Can I have a physiological, uh, this is kind of weird actually, can I have a physiological uh, experience in that meeting? In other words, am I putting myself in that meeting and seeing myself, hearing myself, uh, smelling myself like using all the senses like what do i smell like what what, do i smell good do i smell bad you know you have to physiologically there's there's a chemical reaction happening in the body in the future while you're sitting in the present yeah that's that's you can mentally prepare that way i i actually not on the physiological side but i've actually done that a lot like when i'm traveling 
and I go, okay, what's the room gonna look like? Where am I gonna stand? Am I gonna have my computer open? Is it gonna be on my left? Is it gonna be on my right? Are there six people in the room? Are there 10 people in the room? What am I saying? You know, like putting myself in there so that when I get there, the brain actually doesn't know the difference between a mental rep and a physical rep. Hmm. So you can do mental reps all day long. In fact, I encourage the, my athletes and coaching to do 15 mental reps before the game. And so if we're playing hockey in the offensive zone, how many mental reps can we do in our MEPs? I don't know if you caught that. How many yeah. mental reps can we do in our MEPs? Yeah. Right? In the offensive zone. Now there's a neutral zone. Now there's a defensive zone. You could do the same thing in the workplace. Again, this is weird stuff, yeah. man. Like, so, who does this? So Nobody does this. So we talked about what we do to prepare on our way there. Then we talked about kind of, you know, again, the reflection of the breakdown afterwards. And what you're starting to dig into now that I want to kind of lean harder into is not just mental pre- preparation. It's now the layer below where now we're talking about is situational preparation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's talk about that for a second. Because, again, we can think about our task list. We can think about certain things. What we then really don't do very much, even at all, is to put ourselves in potential situations to figure out, how am I going to react to that? For example, if you're going to go into a big sales presentation... Okay? And we used to call this back in the day the Ben Duffy approach, named after a guy who used to do this. If I'm going to do a sales presentation, part of that preparation is I have to put myself in the shoes and in the seats of the people in the room that I'm selling to. Mm-hmm. And now I have to start saying, if I'm then, what questions would I have? Yeah. So that when I'm in the moment, I've already anticipated them. Now, am I going to anticipate every question? No. But if I do it well and I do it right, I'm going to anticipate some. And the ones that I get right, I'm going to knock out of the park and kill because mm-hmm. I've already prepared, combined with the fact that if I handle it right from a vocabulary perspective, I can look at them and say something like, man, I'm glad you asked that question. I was actually thinking about that question in preparation for this meeting. And I want to kind of share more with you about how we would handle that or whatever. Now the client goes, oh my gosh, their empathy for me yes. is skyrocketing. I feel so much more confident for yeah. them. My trust in them is building. I mean, this idea of situational preparation is game changer. Game changer. You've thought ahead. People appreciate that. The idea of being rigorous in the marketplace is lost. Being competent is lost. And what I mean by that is, especially in the sales world, like, have you done, I say this all the time to my staff here, like, or the salespeople that call in, like, 10 years ago, it was really hard to find what the company does or who the president is. Yeah, or you need the subscri- hiring manager. You need a subscription to Hoover's or something. But yeah, yeah, you need something. Now, I mean, within three minutes, you can get on the LinkedIn, you can find social media, you can find everybody's name, their dog's name, the name of their boat. You can like, you can find anything and everything if you just take the time to prepare for the meeting. So that's, that's like 15, 20 minutes minimum that you could spend and yeah. know everything. So when you walk in and you go, I, can I talk to the hiring manager? You sound like an idiot. You've already lost. You've lost. Goodbye. Yep. You know, 
And so that preparation, then you get into the meeting and go, hey, you know, in the time that I spent preparing for this meeting, people go, oh, he prepared? Yep. You know, this is, this is awesome stuff. And yep. it, puts you, it puts you so far ahead of the competition. And then, so we mentally prepare, then we're in the meeting. So it looks like we're prepared. Now, how about the follow-up and follow-through? Have you thought that through prior to the meeting? Mm. Prior so, to, not prior after. Prior to the meeting. So now you go, hey, as your homework assignment leaving out of here or your action items leaving out of here are, man, you're giving people direction. Yep. Like, this is good stuff to how to properly run a meeting. Um, I've had so many conversations with this in the last week or two on, you know, people that are competent in the world and people that care. So mental preparation, again, it's crazy talk. Yep. And it shouldn't be, honestly. I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But, like, it shouldn't be. Like, you put yourself, you want a pay raise? Be mentally prepared. Yeah. Well, the reality is we live in a culture that's about comfort and convenience. And this is neither comfortable comfortable nor convenient. Yeah. You know, it takes time. But it, it's like, it, it is the reality, right? Is that if you work just a few percentage points harder mm-hmm. than the people around you, you look like a rock star and a genius all yeah. in one. And it's and honestly, it's not about talent or skill. It's just about determination and will. And this is rigorous. This is being rigorous. It is. So I love how we bring it back. I love how we, how we, yeah. bring, how we bring it back. So here's the thing. Yeah. As we wrap up today, here's what I would love for you to do. Please either... Let us know what you've done or try it. Let us know how it goes. If you want to leave comments, whether it's on iTunes or on, um, on, on Google, whatever medium we're on, we would love to hear how you do this or give it a try and how it goes, whether it's on Facebook or wherever. Because here's the thing. If we get some really good feedback on what you've done, you may end up getting an email from us saying, hey, yes. we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. Let's so, go. So, hey, I want to encourage you. Dave wants to encourage yeah. you. Not just go apply rigor. Do this. Try this. See how it goes and get back to us. And who knows? Maybe you'll get to show other people how to apply rigor through the Apply Rigor podcast. That would be awesome. We'd love to have you. Come on. All right. So, hey, have a great day. But again, as we like to encourage you, go apply some rigor.